What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Welcome to Designated Driver, the show where we explore the art and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Liz. And today, we have a lot of things to share, but we are also going to discuss Hungry Hungry Heart. (laughs) Hungry Heart or Hungry? Hungry, I think it's Hungry Heart. Hungry Heart. I think it's singular. Okay, we should know that. Wait, hang on. You might be right. Hungry Heart okay, hungry is heart. a Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, Hungry Hearts is, the, is movie. the movie. Well, I'm excited. What are some of the things you have to share today? Okay. I told Liz that I am bursting with conversation, and I am, although I'm, like, mellowing out a little bit because we're sitting in the basement for a little bit. But also, like, do we have a rat report? About the real rats? Yeah. Mm, not really. They're just living their little rat lives. No escapes? No escapes, but it's cute how um, they let themselves be held. At first, when you held them, they were just so jittery. They were going crazy, and now they're much calmer. When I wear a certain type of socks, Stormy bites the crap out of my feet, and it hurts. It doesn't draw blood. Are they fuzzy or something? They're like athletic socks you would wear to the gym. They're my summer socks of choice, pure white gym (laughs) socks do you think it's the color i don't know maybe she doesn't bite any other time and she bites these socks well something i noticed today is that stormy is much smaller than jem yeah she's a skinny little tube yeah but they seem pretty happy i think they're very happy then i was wondering what are mice like as pets as nice as rats yeah i'm curious because we watched this movie called The Witches. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible movie. Have like you the seen Roald it? Doll, the one with yeah. Anne Hathaway. Yes, and she's oh, terrible. I, I, she I have was zero like, interest in that. It's a it's a horrible movie. It is offensive on a whole bunch of levels. But anyway, the main character has. I think Roald Doll is canceled. Just oh, is he? Tell me more. Well, I think in part because of the witches, because it's like full of anti-Jewish stereotypes. And oh, there was a lot of people, I'm sure, that were offended by that. I mean, I thought it was sort of offensive to women. It was offensive to people with disabilities. I remember reading an article about this. The witches have these three fingers and one long toe. I thought they had square feet. Like no toes except one long middle toe with a big nail. It's really In the gross. book, they have square feet. Did you ever read the book? No. Was oh, that good? I read all the books. I okay. read all the Roald Dahl books. Okay. It's good. Do they have blue spit in the movie? In the I book, don't they think have blue so. spit, and so they never need ink for their pens. They just like lick oh. their pens. Oh, and they yeah. Write. It's a creepy movie. It's just kind of horrible. But anyway, mice were in it. Mice as a pet. The main character was like always training his little pet mouse. I'm gonna look into it. Oh, because then they shrink him down, and then he like rides around with the mouse, right? Didn't they? Well, he becomes a mouse, and these kids get turned into mice, stay mice forever. They never get turned back into kids again. It's kind of bizarre. Anne Hathaway with this accent—it's just so over the top. It wasn't good. Anyway, that's the rat report. Well, I'm glad they're doing well. Yes. Okay, so here's my rat report. I've got I've done a little bit of research. So my first item today is that Michael Ross Sweaters tweeted out 
that they're super excited because two of their Harvest Crew Fair Isle sweaters have been selected to be in the new Gucci film. And they posted about it, and you also can get one. And that was kind of exciting. Awesome. And it looked like they had to custom make sweaters. You can Adam buy. Adam. You can custom buy them. It's a custom oh. sweater company. Okay, it's a bespoke. So like, yeah, so you could have a Fair Isle sweater, and you could order it in the same format that Adam Driver has. How many thousands of dollars would it cost? It's not. It's, it's like not? less than two hundred dollars. I wow. did a little. I did a little looking for a good sweater. Yeah, that's kind of normal. Yeah, and actually, my second item is also sweater related. So this <clears> is <throat> a shout out to one of our ten, mm-hmm. my friend Craig, who. It's just darling and who I saw for the first time in like two years at a cookout. And he can't stop talking about how that picture that broke the Internet. And I'm going to I'll just show it to Liz. There's this picture that kind of broke Instagram for a little Mm -hmm. while. And so it's Adam Driver is in this beautiful white cable knit sweater and he's with Barbara Streisand. And she no. What? <laughs> Lady Gaga. He's with Lady Gaga. Oh, and yeah. she is wearing this white furry hat. It's a picture she took on the set of the House of Gucci. But my friend Craig is obsessed with the fact that it looks very much like this paparazzi picture of Elliot Gould and Barbara Streisand when they were married and they had a little baby. That's so cute. Yeah. So say what you will. Craig might be onto something. But it just took me to this other... GQ article I found about how Adam Driver is going to convince all of us to invest in the vintage knitwear trend that was started by Chris Evans after Knives Out. Do you remember? Did you see that movie? No, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's good and funny. Yeah, Joel and I th- saw it in the movie theater, and Chris Evans does look just darling in this white cable knit sweater, and Adam Driver is wearing a very similar one. So GQ has their eye on Adam Driver. And his sweater saga. Yeah. I mean, we're sweater experts up here totally. in the north. I we mean, a lot this is sweater. a normal, this is a thing we wear mm-hmm. for three-fourths of the year. I wear sweaters all the time in the winter. I wear cardigans. Okay. I'm a big cardigan fan. Yeah, me too. Me because too. you can open them, you can close them. In Minnesota, it's part of it is just having adaptability. And I don't always want to pull a sweater over my head. Because of your hair? Yeah. You feel good. It gets stuck in my hair or it gets stuck in there. (laughs) My favorite cardigan has pockets. Mm -hmm. So that's really great. And you can button it up. You can unbutton it. Like you have a lot more flexibility with a cardigan. It's a great item. How this cable sweater looks. And I like the Fair Isle, but honestly, if it's not a cardigan, I'm not sure. That sweater that we're looking at now is kind of a turtleneck. Mm -hmm. So that would rule it out for me. I can't wear things on my neck. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems not flattering to me. I think unless you have like a really long, skinny neck, it doesn't look that good. I could see that. And itchy. it gets too hot. Got to keep moderating. But do you have any feelings about this Barbara Streisand? I know Craig is listening. We talked about this for a long time. And he feels really excited about the fact that he noticed this resemblance between Elliot Gould and Barbara Streisand and Adam Driver. So they were married. I didn't know that. For eight years. I That's didn't nice. Either. They have a little boy. Now yeah. he's an adult man. I mean, Lady Gaga is kind of a new Barbra Streisand in mm-hmm. a way. She looks a little bit like her. Obviously, she's a great singer. I think there's something to it. I do, too. I saw Funny Girl for the first time recently. Have oh, you seen that? I love that movie. Yeah. 
And the one I also love is The Way We Were. Oh, me too. So much. I want to watch that again. I used to own that on video cassette, and I would watch it pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. Yeah. What? I know. I, I want to see it again. It's so good. Katie. Okay, so that's the sweater news for the Rat Report. But then also I will just say that there's a single out, We Love Each Other So Much, from Sparks. Have you listened to it? No, I've heard about this, though. Have you listened to it? Mm-hmm. I like it. to it today. It's fine. Okay. They're I'll like just singing about how they love each other so much. Mm-hmm. Did it sound like Adam Driver to you? No. It didn't. Like I could tell it was Marianne Cotillard because she had a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> a little tell there. But honestly, when I was listening to him, I was like, this could be someone from the Sparks singing it and just saying it's Adam Driver. When he sings, he doesn't sound like himself Mm -mm. Uh, he sings in hungry hearts i know actually that is why oh no 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 i do have one more item i was going to end with that but i forgot i have one more item and then i think is it keanu related no okay but we can talk about that too okay so the next one is that adam driver has been spotted in wellington and overland ohio because he is now in filming for this adaptation of White Noise with Noah Baumbach again. He's with Noah Baumbach mm-hmm. again. They're together again. And Greta Gerwig is mm-hmm. in it. And he's a Hitler studies professor. Did you read that? I read? just read that he would be a professor. Is there a Hitler studies? I'm sure. Hitler studies sure department? I have no doubt about it. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, though, because I just listened to an old interview with Carrie Fisher on Fresh Air recently. How, how does this tie in? Yeah. She made a joke about how she and Harrison Ford had Hitler in Star Wars. She, she called Kylo like, Ren Yeah, she was like, yeah, like three times. She's like, me and Harrison, we had Hitler. Okay. All right. A mass murderer, I guess. Yeah. Did you know there's a whole universe on the internet called, they're called Renlows? No. These are people who are enraged on Twitter and stuff that Kylo Ren died and didn't end up in a couple with Ren. And I was sad. I was bummed. But I think there's a lot of fan fiction. There's a lot of artwork Which out there. Which one is Ren? The girl. Oh. Wait, no. Ray. Ray. Ray Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That he shouldn't have died and they should have been together. Dang, I tried to talk about something on Twitter and I messed it up. But course. aren't they related? Kind of? I don't think they're related. Well, she's the s- daughter of Palpatine. I don't know who her mother is. I don't think they're related. Okay. I'm, I believe you. I don't, I'm not, I'm not on the whole, I, I feel fine about Star Wars. <laughs> well, I, I'm not in the like Star Wars fan universe enough to talk about it with a lot of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them once, but. I will just tell you that I was looking up Adam Driver tidbits on Reddit today. Uh-huh. And there's a whole Reddit feed about Adam Driver cats, like that has 5,000 followers. So I completely believe you that there's a Raylo universe because, I mean, some of the Adam Driver cats don't really even look like Adam Driver. So the idea is these cats look like Adam Have Driver? Have you seen the Adam Driver cat? No. Wait. Oh, my God. I guess he kind of looks like a no. cat. He looks like a cat. There's no... He looks like a cat. There's a kind of cat that has sticky-outy ears, 
and he looks just like it. But at first, I thought there was just one Adam Driver cat. Oh, yeah, that looks yeah. like him. Oh, but gosh. actually, this is like a whole breed of cats. Yeah, okay. And so people on Reddit have been posting about these Adam Driver cats. Like, that one's name is Corey. But there's like 5,000 people posting about Adam Driver cats. It is funny when people resemble animals. Mm-hmm. Some people look like certain types of dogs. Benedict Cumberbatch looks like an otter. Have you seen that? Oh, an otter. No. Yeah. Uh, well, George Jones looks like a possum. I know. If I look like an animal, I don't know. I'm scared to know. No one's told me. Have you ever played that celebrity doppelganger game? Like who is your celebrity yeah. dog, doppelganger? Is it a game? What's the game? Part? It's the thing on, on Facebook people used to post their celebrity doppelgangers. Okay. Mine is... That red-haired man who's married to Kirsten Dunst. What's his name? Oh. Jesse Plemons. Oh, I love him, yeah. Yeah. I think that we look alike. And whenever people were posting their doppelgangers, they would post all these very attractive people, but I always posted Jesse Plemons. That's funny. I mean, you're you're cuter than him. But I like no, him a lot. I though. like him, too. Yeah. I, I think we might be related. And he married the girl. I mean, he married... Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. got the girl. Yeah, good for him. Done and done. He's really good, and I think you haven't seen Breaking Bad, have you? No. There's this movie that came out as, like, a happened in the future of Breaking Bad. Anyway, he's in that. He's really good in it. And naturally, Friday Night Lights. I know. Yeah. So good. So, Hungry Hearts. Should we? Yeah, let's talk about Hungry Hearts. Okay. Do you want to do a little? A synopsis? Yeah. Okay, I'll try. Okay. Hungry Hearts starts out great opening scene of like a meet cute mm-hmm. of Adam Driver meeting um do you know the actress's name I wrote it down Italian. it's Alba Roar Walker and which doesn't sound Italian her name yeah is Mina in the movie mm-hmm. and his name is Jude yeah which I love that name they meet in this bathroom and it's really cute and cute slash embarrassing they fall in love she gets pregnant and they have a baby they get married uh, but she goes off the deep end with food she becomes really skinny once she gets pregnant she sort of stops eating and the baby's really small but there's a lot about pregnancy and birth also she wants to do everything naturally and she's sort of and I have a lot of thoughts about this what happens with her birth wants the baby not to eat any meat products and be vegan but the baby seems to be very underweight and small Adam Driver is freaking out about it and, like, secretly takes him to a doctor. Because she's kind of afraid of doctors. She's afraid of doctors. She won't take the baby outside. I mean, it's clearly beyond, like, normal levels. Although they have such a sweet, loving relationship. It eventually becomes a battle between them and, should we say, the ending? Something happens at the I end. I know. I wasn't sure if we should it's, either. I was yeah, maybe in this that. one not. But it's about being married, having a baby... And what can happen. And how your life changes. And what happens if your partner is becoming mentally ill. Yeah. Like how to deal with it. This was a really pretty amazing movie, I thought. Mm-hmm. But it was traumatizing a little mm-hmm. bit. I felt like obsessed with it for a few days. Like I wished I could go back and intervene and like help them in some way. Because they really loved each other. Mm -hmm. But when they met, Mina was working 
She's like a diplomat. Or something. And then she quit her job to stay with him because she was going to get transferred. And they got married in this cool wedding. That was my favorite part. Yeah, their wedding in like a little Brooklyn restaurant or seaside cafe type thing. But then I guess she had lived in New York. So at first I was like, well, she was isolated and didn't know anyone. But maybe she did. But they had friends. Yeah, they had friends. It's just having the baby. And I don't know if the pregnancy how that affected her hormonally. Also, she didn't have a mom or or a dad. dad. She said the mom died and the dad she wasn't in touch with. So it was like a hint maybe that there was a history of something and possibly mental illness there. So that's kind of a long synopsis. What are your thoughts? So I think I'm influenced by all the reviews I read. Okay. Because most of the reviews, did you read any reviews? No, I read the Wikipedia page, which had a lot of wrong information, I thought. And the IMDb page had like nothing about yeah. it. I was definitely like anxious the whole time, which I think is what I was supposed to feel. Yeah, yeah. Every scene was very tense. Mm-hmm. And then it would often and, like, resolve. The folk- and then like the camera angles. And it was just yeah. such a cramped, like their apartment just cramped space and Adam Driver's size he's so big and, and then, she's so little and she's so small and just getting smaller and smaller you don't feel good I mm-hmm. mean a psychological thriller it was described as yeah what did the reviews say it didn't get great so they won hmm. they both won awards at the Venice Film Festival they both won best actor awards when it premiered I think they were both great her character made me so frustrated I just was like what is wrong with you the whole time and he made me frustrated too I kept wondering is he a bad guy too because the more frustrated he gets with her like a few times he gets kind of physical with her you know and he's so big and she's so little but she has this steely will there's this whole part where he sneaks the baby out to the doctor when she's doing some job or something. And the doctor's like, you have to feed, which I don't think any doctor would ever say, but the doctor's like, you have to feed the baby meat. <laughs> so he gets... Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can give a baby beans. I'm like, why give him ham? And then she yeah. can tell. And but, I mean, he betrays her the first time she leaves the baby. He betrays yeah. her by taking him to this doctor. Yeah. Who's like, he's in the seventh percentile. He's too small. He's not growing. Well, I mean, some babies are in the seventh percentile and they're perfectly fine. I mean, one of my kids was always in the 13th percentile and the other was in like the 90th percentile. I mean, you have a body type and if the baby's only eating avocados, it's probably going to be fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So why did he go to giving the baby ham? It was all about like what the baby was eating and he was secretly thought the baby was starving to death. And but then she gives the baby laxatives, which is like gross, and that could kill the baby. So that was way beyond appropriate. Yeah, Yeah. they just couldn't come together, and Mm -mm. he would get so frustrated. But she really wouldn't talk. She's so steely; like she just knows what she thinks is right, and she feels like she's not trusting her. And there's this—it's just yucky. After he takes the baby to the doctor, he's like, the baby has to eat more. And she just, is that when he slaps her, possibly? Yeah, there's there are two scenes when he, like, takes the baby away from her. And both times she gets injured. Once yeah. in the apartment and once at this weird cabin, which we could also talk about. So she doesn't react. She doesn't yell back. 
and said she goes into her room for like eight hours and then comes out and says, okay, we'll do it your way. But then she secretly starts to give him this natural laxative. So anything he eats, he's not absorbing any nutrients from it. I kind of thought about, well, from the podcast Bunga Bunga, which I was promoting a while ago. I don't know (laughs) if you ever listened to it. It told me that Italian culture is even way more sexist than American culture. And she was Italian. And she, like, at one point, she wanted to have, like, a home birth. She's like, I want to do it the natural way. And he's like, okay, whatever you want is fine. It was just interesting how she asked. And she wouldn't defy him directly, but then she would secretly defy him. So I just feel like if they had could have had a really big fight and they both could have fought and been angry, they could have made the obvious choice, which was to feed the baby mashed up beans. Yeah, <laughs> there's just got to be another way. There are other scenes, too, where... When he's so at wit's end with her, he goes to see, like, some state representative and Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know what to do. Like, my baby's dying. And she's like, well, she, like, gives him all this bureaucratic stuff. So he leaves. And then she chases after him with this paperwork. And she's like, so this is what you have to do. Like, you've got to take the baby out of the house. And the baby's got to go to this other place. But you should know, legally, what I'm telling you to do is kidnapping. And I was like, surely there's another. There's, like, a third way. A third way. First, you go to counseling. Yeah. Before you kidnap. And she probably would say no to counseling. Yeah. Admittedly. But. There's got to be another way. Like, don't they have any friends? Like, is there something? He loves her. There's this sweetness that they have before they have the baby. So what happens? I was thinking about you and I was watching it because I was thinking about how crazy you feel the first year of having a baby. And you do. I mean, I mm-hmm. I still, I don't, I'm sure you have these stories too. So here are my two stories. One, I was so afraid. My husband does karaoke once a week, as you know, friends. And he... The first night he had to go, I was so afraid of being alone with my son in the dark. Like when the, I don't mm-hmm. know why that freaked me out. It was nighttime and like if something happened, like we couldn't go to his doctor, like we'd have to go to the emergency room and I was so scared. And then the other time when I was home with him with the maternity leave, I was looking at his head once and I was like, there are these weird cracks on his head. Like I've never noticed them before. And I was so freaked out. I took him to the doctor and the doctor like held him in his arms and was like, that looks like a baby's head to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt ridiculous. Well, you go crazy. You think they're dead all the time. Your brain physically changes for mothers and it enhances your awareness of risks. If the baby sleeps for like two hours in a row as a mom, you think or maybe as a dad too, he's dead. You know, they're dead. You just always... And the mom, she didn't take the baby outside. She just only wanted the vegan food, only natural stuff. But they live in New York City. Like, whenever they showed outside, it was like all these taxis. And it is probably... She wasn't totally wrong, yet she was very crazy about it. Yeah. What did you think of the little garden that they had? They had 
Amazing. Yeah. Up on the roof, she had this amazing garden. And they have to pop out like little Yeah, another like little, little dwarf tiny. people. They go up this little and any the time she figures out she's pregnant, she goes up and it's like this little ladder and then they pop out at the top like little rabbits in their little green hat. I thought that was weird too. And he looks so big when he's in it and when he like goes mm-hmm. up the stairs. When he has to go down, he like has to work his body down into this little hole to get back into their teeny apartment. I always get a little stressed out at New York rooftop scenes because they always have like a door and I just always feel like it's going to lock. Maybe they're not built this way, but if you got locked on the roof, what would you do if you didn't have your phone? But maybe I mean, you'd probably happen. yell down to the street because there's always people walking around. I guess. Yeah, that's a good thing. You but their greenhouse is like someone cut a little hole in the roof and then put this plastic over mm-hmm. it. I thought that was such a funny little... And there's one part where she has, like, a fight with him, and so then she just goes up there and eats, like, a carrot. Yeah. Do you remember that she's part? She's growing beets. I mean, clearly she's making all a lot of healthy food for the baby, but then the laxative thing, that's not okay. Like, she should have just said no. Yeah. It was very frustrating. And, okay, this is also one thing. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was also thinking about our last conversation about this is where I leave you. And there are a few times where... He has a fight with her, so he just puts the baby down on a couch. Do you remember this? Yeah, and then he and like, wa- yeah. walks you, into you the other room, that. and I'm like, what are you doing? And then another time when they have a fight, he leaves the baby, I'm not sure where, and then goes up to the greenhouse. And she's like in the greenhouse, and they're both arguing in the greenhouse. And I was like, where is the baby right now? The baby never cried or seemed unhappy. And when they showed the baby with mom together, they were always cuddling and so happy and... But also there's a scene at the end where she's sleeping with the baby in the bed and she gets up and walks out of the bed and leaves the baby just in the bed. Yeah. I mean, what would you do, though? Yeah, I don't know. It probably wasn't going to fall off. Yeah, probably not. It could roll off. I want to nitpick a few things about the hospital. They said she was underweight. Okay, well, they did an ultrasound and then the parents were like, does it hurt the baby? And the doctor's like, what? But I have heard some people think it hurts the baby, uh, but personally, from my own experience, don't think it does because I had so many ultrasounds with a twin's pregnancy, and the babies, they're usually sleeping. They're oh, Jet was always moving around. Oh, moving around. Yeah. or like touching their toes or it, the ultrasound, they're not... It's not loud for them. It's not a sound they can hear. I think this is like an internet... I think it's the rays. I thought it was the ultraviolet rays that were going through. It's sound waves. Oh. But like sound waves you can't hear, I think. Do you remember when you used to have to wear a let? Oh, that was for x-rays. That's x-rays. That's radiation. But it's... So anyway, they had... We call them ultrasounds here. I know in other parts of the country they say sonogram. Yes, that's true. But I, I was here when I was pregnant, so I had ultrasounds. Ultrasounds. Then it seemed like she didn't want to do the whole doctor thing, and she found, like, more of a midwife guy. I feel like she should have had a a woman that would have helped her. She seemed, like, always surrounded by men who were um, making her do things she didn't want to do, and she didn't have any kind of ally, except I feel like his mom would have been her ally, maybe. Well, mm. they set her up as an ally at the beginning. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. They say that there's no fluid and she has to have the baby. But the only way that they can check that is through ultrasound. 
So if she was not having ultrasounds, they wouldn't have known that. They said the fluid is low. Do you remember that? Like, so they were trying to induce labor and she was in a tub, but she wasn't going into labor. She didn't want to have a C-section. And then they go to the hospital and then they show her waking up on a bed alone in a room and she's doesn't have a belly it seemed that she had a c-section but you're not asleep when you have a c-section if they really like knocked her out against her will and did a c-section i mean that seems very illegal and terrible and then like it's a major surgery and i had one and you don't they do put you in a room away from your baby which is horrible but there is a nurse there and then she like woke up and then she like touched her stomach but then stood up and walked to find the baby but you can't walk yeah. after you've just had a c-section you know you can't move that was just some things that bugged me as going through a pregnancy and a c-section that i thought was unrealistic i don't know what happens in a new york hospital they took chet maybe we're getting to i'm i had a vaginal birth but they took chet away because he was having breathing problems and i was freaked out but also i was relieved like i didn't i was like sort of freaked out by the whole thing and i sent joel down to check on him and i like stayed in my bed and i still feel weird and guilty about that but he was supposed to be there and i was relieved that someone was taking care of him but i guess it just goes to show like there's no way to know how you're going to feel because it, it's just yeah. so different for everyone. And when you're pregnant, you read, did re- you read like spiritual midwifery? Oh, no. It's fun to read. It's like about the farm and this famous midwife, Ina Mae Gaskin, wrote it. And all these stories about hippies having natural births. It makes you want that. And you're like, I want to have that. And for a while, I mean, I had a very medical pregnancy and birth because of the twins. And for a while, my doctor humored me for months, actually, that I could try having <laughs> a vaginal birth. But You do you, Liz. Yeah, yeah, she just, like, wasn't going to argue with me. And I didn't want to be induced. I was a very difficult... I was afraid of being induced. I didn't want that I either. didn't want that. I was a difficult patient, but I was also... I wasn't going to do the midwife home birth thing, because you can't really do that. You can, but it's pretty much not safe. And also there was a thing about um, Liesl's umbilical cord that made a vaginal birth extra dangerous because if her water would have broken, it could have intersected a vein. Oh, God. And she could have bled to death in like 10 minutes. It was never going to happen, but I put it off as long as possible until um, my doctor was almost going crazy. And I, I made her wait till 40 weeks and after 38 weeks, she said, well, we have to monitor that fluid three times a week. So I was like going in for, they were checking the fluid three times a week with ultrasounds. That's why when they, they were like fluid, blah, 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 I knew exactly what they were talking about. And it is dangerous if the, the fluid gets low. That means the placenta may, placentas can just give out and die without any warning and then your baby dies, and that's why you have it. Like you can have a whole pregnancy, and then just have a stillbirth at the end, because the, the bliss and it just gives out. But you want to have this experience of like a natural birth, and then the baby goes on your chest, and it's skin to skin contact, and like it's appealing. You know, I can see why it was appealing, but 
I cannot. You cannot. You were never. I had that. I had all. I mean, no, I took all the drugs, but I did the whole thing. I had the skin to skin. I had all that stuff. Okay. But I didn't want to be induced because I was afraid it would hurt too much. But mm-hmm. I. I just heard it was horrible. That yeah, taking Pitocin was horrible. I don't want to do that. Like, I would rather go straight to C-section. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quote another friend who I saw this <laughs> this weekend who said, our birth plan is roadside epidural. Like I that that was kind of my birth plan too. What do you mean roadside or like curbside? Okay. I step out of the car, you oh. give me the epidural. <laughs> okay, like okay. There's no in between. That's what we do. I did for like half an hour when I went to labor. I was like, well, maybe you know. And I did the like the thing with the ball, and I did the like back massage, and I told like give me the. And then I was like, nope. Done with this. I just want the baby out. I want it out safe. I don't care about any. I just wanted it easy and quick and safe. So you went into labor on time and everything? Like how many weeks were you? No, I was overdue. I was supposed to have an epidural the next day. Or a Pitocin Okay, induce the next day. Yeah, and so I went into... It's funny. Like I feel like everyone's birth story is different. But I, I went out to East Street Social with a friend. And I had a great time. I had some olives, and I had a half a glass of champagne. The server that night was someone, a friend of mine who I knew. So he poured me a glass, and I was like, well, you know. At the this, end. This goose is cooked. Fine. Like, yeah. it's done. Mm-hmm. We cheers. I got home, and Joel was like, your pants are wet. And I was like, oh. And so I was like, I'm sure it's fine. It's nothing. It's like some weird thing that's happening. But he was like, no, no, no. I think we should go to the doctor. So we went to the birth center. I had like a little tear and the, the liquid mm. was coming. And they were mm-hmm. like, well, there's a chance of infection, so you have to stay. So then I stayed. And then I went in, I didn't go into labor until like 12 hours later. Like they just had me stay at the hospital because there's a chance of infection. And then I went into labor. And then Chet was born like six hours later. It was like bam, bam, bam. Oh, just pretty done. good. Yeah. Yeah, I was also abducted into the hospital. But I loved doctors, it. I didn't want to leave. Doctors are, they consider twins to be full term at 38 weeks. And I had already pushed it to 40 weeks, and they just couldn't stand it. Um, there was so much weight that I was like five centimeters dilated, but I was not in labor. And they thought maybe I couldn't go into labor because my uterus was so stretched out or something. So they're like, you're not going home today. So we went to the hospital, and then I sat around on the ball. And the monitor showed contractions. And, I mean, it hurt, but I never had, like, labor, like you see on TV or, you know, just... It is not comfortable. So I don't... It is not comfortable. And eventually, after I was in the hospital for 24 hours, they're like, we just think we should do a C-section. We can't try anything else. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I mean, it was horrible, but it still was amazing. And the babies came out and they were healthy and they did a great job and they they saved all of our lives. I, I don't think we would have survived. I don't think we would have survived it. Not all of us. Western medicine is a so, wonderful thing. I yeah. like I and I loved everything. I loved my nurses. I loved it all. I didn't want to leave the hospital. I wanted them to take care of me forever. I loved it. Yeah, the pain medication, it was just too much. Like you get morphine and then two babies and they're trying to nurse and it was just so and no sleep. I felt like they were trying to kill me in the hospital. They come in every hour and it's just the two babies. It was yeah. just like so hard. I'm like, we just have to get home. And then we went home too soon when we got home 
one of the babies, Opal, was wheezing, and we had to go right back. And I, like, hadn't taken my pain medication. So the the being post-op and having the babies was very unpleasant. They it can, wasn't yeah. great. But, um, I mean, but we're alive. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. I probably should have just had them at 38 weeks. <laughs> but when you're pregnant, though, you are, I think... And probably when you're a new mom, you can be really aggressive about what you want, or you just feel very strongly. And maybe you do know something, like what is, maybe they did need that extra two weeks to develop. Yeah, I do think there's definitely a thing where there's not always a lot of trust for what women feel and know. Mm -hmm. And she went to a psychic, and the psychic told her it was an indigo baby. Mm-hmm. which was kind of a magical being that was going to save the world or something. In the past, I've liked psychics, but now with kids and babies, I would never have gone to one because I would just be afraid they would say something that would make me think one of them was going to die or something. Like yeah, I'm afraid, that's what I would be afraid, of, too. afraid of the occult now in a way I wasn't before. Yeah, the indigo baby. Yeah, that was like an ongoing, like he kind of laughs it off. And some of the reviews said, I feel like, You and I are women, and we were both watching this movie, and we were watching the woman and thinking about our own personal experience, like clearly, Mm -hmm. because we just spent 20 minutes talking about it or whatever. And I knew that was going to happen, and I wanted to talk to you about it, because I was thinking that too. But then when I was reading the reviews, she's kind of the villain, and he's kind of villainous too. I mean, the way he gets so freaked out and the way that he isn't able to grasp what's happening with her It's like a breakdown for both of them, really. But he seems like the sane one because he is the sane one. He's doing the Mm -hmm. right thing. And he loves her, but he's vulnerable because he loves her and he's not a good partner to her. Because if he was a good partner to her, he would have approached it differently. So I I do want to say, like, that is kind of what makes it scary because Mm -hmm. she thinks she's doing the right thing. Whether she is or not, he's not doing the right thing either. He accommodates her... And adapts to her and says, this is a phase, and it is a huge change in your life. It's a new baby. But, I mean, they had never left the house for seven months. That's not no, not good. And it's he doesn't, healthy. he goes from either, like, freaking out and sort of betraying her to, like, kidnapping the baby. And doing things behind her back. Do, yeah. Instead of, like, grappling, like, really trying to come to some kind of agreement there's even this scene where his mom shows up and like is like i just happened by and clearly she didn't just happen by but she walks up the stairs to their apartment and they have all the balconies and stuff covered with chicken wire it's so weird it's really sharp yeah and then she tries to go in and he like takes her cell phone and puts it by the door because he's worried about like gamma rays or something with a kid yeah and you know there there are things like that where like clearly we went from zero to 60 here and like there's no in between. And so he's a complicated character too. And I will say some of the reviews, I say that like this woman kind of gets vilified and she does kind of, cause he plays a role in this too. And he's not, it's not good. Like he's kind of scary too in mm-hmm. a different way. Yeah. She's going full QAnon. I don't know if he works all the time or he seems right. like also not clear. How could he not notice what they were eating or be more involved in it until seven months in? I do want to say know? too, the scene where they have a fight and she goes into their little like 
dwarf greenhouse space. He like he's all mad. And I don't again, where is the baby at this point? But he like sits down to dinner by himself. And then he just has this like very unsatisfying looking lentil, lentil soup. It's funny. He had lentils again. <laughs> that know. reminded me of tracks. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Another scene with lentils. Yeah. And I just like. Have you un- ever seen lentils in a movie before? Those two movies? I know. Early. I mean, I'm here for that because I love pulses. Generally speaking. What's this? Aren't they called pulses? Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just not familiar. I love them. That's what a lentil we is. We just had lentils the other day. And then last night we had black beans. And then the we had white beans. I love beans. Mm-hmm. And pulse. I think pulses. I don't know. Legumes. There's different words for them. I like them. So I'm interested in that. But it did look very unsatisfying. Like he mm-hmm. angrily eats this like sort of watery looking lentil He's soup. sick of this health food wellness stuff well the movie was like 2014 i feel like all of these movies are 2012 i think it's really that's pretty early for this wellness anti-vax QAnon thing that just got bigger and bigger and then the pandemic people had loved ones going off the deep end with like QAnon stuff and what can you do it's like seeing someone getting addicted to drugs or something and you want to help but you're not a professional mental health person and even if you are can you stop it i don't know if you can yeah that's what's really scary about this movie and about Mm -hmm. life it is scary yeah Mm -hmm. i think a better script and i think i think the director is a man yep and i mean he is a man i think he was going for this kind of rosemary's baby thing and I do feel like both of the actors were kind of boxed in by like the limits of the script because mm-hmm. it's a little implausible. Like I, I would hope that at some point Jude, clearly they have a circle of friends because at the beginning they go to this gallery opening. They know people at their wedding. It's joyful. And Adam Such a Dr- fun wedding. He's mm-hmm. so cute. He sings to her. He sings a song. I looked up the translation. It's called... To see na cozy grande, you are a great thing for me. And mm-hmm. it's, he's full of love. I mean, it's so, so in loving. Love. One thing I thought was great, they got married at a time when they were like just newly in love. And I always thought that would be awesome to do, to get married right away and have a wedding like in the first year. And have just sex because, in the kitchen yeah. after the wedding. They're like so hot for each other. Because you're just so into each other instead of like being together for a super long time and then getting married. And it's just a sort of a different vibe. But then the danger is maybe you didn't know that person very well <laughs> and they might be gonna go into QAnon or something you know but I loved watching it I've always thought that would be so romantic and it is I mean (laughs) he is so cute in that and he's Mm -hmm. so in love with her it's so sweet and she's so sweet too I mean Mm -hmm. she they're both just darling and why am I telling you this oh just that later she's clearly the bad guy and and I think as an actor, she does a good job of having this kind of steely quality to her and that you really believe that she thinks she's doing the right thing for her child. But then he's this kind of lost trap person that just also goes from zero to 60. like and Lashes out. Yeah. I thought there was some sympathy to her, though, because when so everyone was afraid of her being alone with the baby because they thought she had an eating disorder and wasn't feeding him. But when they showed them together, 
it was the baby laying on her chest and they were playing and the day she kind of kidnaps him back they go to the beach and play in the sand every time they're together I mean it's such a wonderful like mommy baby love and I still feel like they need to be together you know they were ripped apart I mean she was going crazy but was she they could have been saved Mm-hmm. Like if the right interventions could have happened, and that's like the suspense and tragedy. Mm-hmm. So the director, do you know his name? No. Because he's Italian. He's married to Mina, the he actor. Is? Or married or they're together. They're a couple. Oh, They're I an Italian that. power couple. And now what they do is My Brilliant Friend. Oh. He's the director of that, and she's the voiceover. Severia Costanzo. Severio Costanzo. So they're the cream of the crop of Italian modern cinema. Oh, I didn't know (laughs) that. Probably. I haven't watched My Brilliant Friend. I've watched a a few episodes of it. Did you read it? Yes. Did you? I started it, and then I, like, didn't didn't get into it. I love and am in love with it and sort of worship it. I read them all, and I think it's kind of hard to get into, but great novels. Okay, I'll give it another shot. Makes a very big impression. I I brought, like... They're in order. You have to read them in order. Okay, okay. Yeah, I have... I got, like, halfway through My Brilliant Friend, and then I just... Yeah, I mean, it's worth it. I mean, this stuff really sticks with me. Uh, when I found that out, then I read like the Wikipedia page on my brilliant friend and kind of relived what it was like to be reading that. So I'm a big fan of it. Okay, maybe, but maybe I have given another chance. But when I started watching the show, I sort of didn't want to, you know, if you're really attached to the book, and also I knew it was going to happen. I want to watch it someday, but I kind of don't know if I really, if I ever will. Like I was really excited for it to come out and then I just never watched it that's how I felt did you read ordinary people no Mm-mm. that was that was kind of a popular book a few years ago and I really like the movie yeah I didn't want to see the movie you always say like if you watch the movie first it will ruin the book but if you read the book first then it kind of ruins the movie mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. depending on what you like better she looks like Meryl Streep the actress did you think so no oh I thought she did it was oh, a, she looked like this mousy little shriveled child woman. She was small and fair, kind of redhead. There was a lot of acting going on. I mean, Adam Driver could really do all the acting in this. He was beautiful cried. in it. Yeah, he was beautiful in it. When I was looking he up. He laughs, he cries. Yeah, everything. and there's this picture of him holding the baby and some of the promotional things where his face is so beautiful. Like, he's in profile and his face is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. He looks young and, like... Yeah, they're both great. I mean, I see why they won acting awards. They're fantastic. Yeah, he wears a suit a lot because he's an engineer. Should we get to Combs? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say my one other little Adam Driver note. Okay, two. I have two. One is that normally I feel like he picks movies because he wants to work with that director. Mm -hmm. But this one, in all the interviews, he wanted to work with her. Oh. And he really liked working with her. And so he said, she's one of the best actresses I've ever seen. I liked that the script was unpredictable. And physically, I find her beautiful and frail. And that's always exciting to watch. So that was my one little detail. And then the other thing is, friend of the show, Carolyn, 
one of my coworkers, who also clued us into the whole rats situation. She said she had a really hard time watching it because she thought the baby looks like Patton Oswalt. <laughs> and she's not wrong. <laughs> the baby was weird, too yeah. tall. Maybe yeah. it wasn't getting enough food. Yeah. It was Patton Oswalt. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was a cute little baby. But yeah, also, you get to see Adam Driver caring for a baby, feeding a baby. This is the first time he ever played a father, also. Okay, so how many combs are you going to give it? I think you should say first this time. I think I'm going to give it four combs. I thought it was really good. It really stuck with me. I do have some problems with the whole birth situation that I didn't think were accurate, I guess. I guess I'll give it four combs, too. Okay, wait. Is I that a reluctant say, four Yeah, combs? that's a reluctant You're four You're thinking com- more like three. So the music I thought was really weird. Weird. Okay. Yeah, there's like this orchestral good. music. Yeah. like, dun-dun, you know, yeah. like any. And I was like, what tone are we striking here? Like, are we striking like an anxious two people stuck in an apartment? Or is this like a duh-duh-duh, you know? It was mm-hmm. weird. Too and, dramatic? Yeah. Okay. I remember thinking I kind of liked it. Oh, it was so funny, the Irene Cara song. Yes. I like that part. I like that, too. Just the whole song when it kicked During in. During the wedding, yeah. But they're and they're so, showing, like, like the skyline. I just thought it sort of didn't fit in with the movie, the tone of the movie and the rest of the music. But I really liked that. That's how I felt, too. Mm-hmm. I, I like that That's part. really cool. Mm-hmm. It won't make you feel good. I had never heard of this movie before. It was in my void of, like, having two babies. I didn't hear about anything, but... Um, I mean, it's not even rated. So I don't yeah. think it got, like, a big... Oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of figure. Usually it's like, it cost this much to make and made this much, and it made, like, very small $8. amount of money. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, $1,600, you know, in the first week. There just wasn't a lot of information. But, I mean, I think it's worth watching. I think it's mm-hmm. a good quality film. Yeah. So do you have feelings about what, what we should watch next time? I heard um, from my coworker, who is also a big Adam Driver fan, that Midnight Special's okay, okay. and a big role for him. I don't, I don't know anything about it. It's a sci-fi movie, I think. Okay. Director. Jeff Nichols. Oh, who's that? He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. His brother is Ben Nichols. He directed Mud. Oh, and Loving. That's a good movie. Okay, should we do that yeah. next? I'm okay. In. All right. I mean, I think Hungry Hearts for Adam Driver fans. Definitely. It's a it's a tour de force. Totally. Check it out. But I be, read I wish be I could ready. Yeah, I wish I could remember the one interview I read had like a paywall and I read it once and then I like got through all of my free articles for that month or whatever. It was written at the time and it was like all of you nerds out there who were like Excited about the idea of Kylo Ren. Don't worry. Like, Adam Driver can do anything. Your fears and excitement are well-founded. And I was like, that's true. So Kylo Ren is all about expressing anger, and he destroys everything. And I wanted Mina in this movie to express one ounce of anger. If she could have expressed anger, she wouldn't. Like, it became internalized like she punished herself by not eating and restricting her what she could eat and what she could do so it was all this self-destructive behavior with this bottled up anger turned inward 
yeah, I think it's really hard for women to know how to express anger. We're not really allowed to do it. Yeah. I mean, I got mad at her, too, because I was like, just... Yeah, I sympathize with her, but then I was... I mean, it was obvious she was... I got mad at both of them. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. But it's worthwhile. Well, thanks for listening to episode eight. I think we're on. Mm -hmm. We're on eight. Of Designated Driver. We're on our way to ten. We're just going to slide eight to ten. Yeah. Tune in next time for Midnight Special. See you then. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 